Hey, hey, it's Andy Anders, and welcome to another episode of Let's Rage Cooks, presented by the Saxinian family. We are off the heels of yet another victory for the Houston Cougars men's basketball team. Once again, the number one team in both the Associated Press and USA Today's coaches polls. But off the heels of a very intriguing game, the shorthanded Cougars found a way to win in this outing and, and a really a scrappy pesky South Florida team that just would not go away no matter it, it seemed like Houston especially in the first half when they went on a 10-0 run towards the latter end of that first half South Florida came right back and they just couldn't shake them off we give credit to Tyler Harris who he was a, a menace for the Houston Cougars he was certainly thrown on their side but obviously the Cougars were able to pull away the victory and a big factor for that was senior guard Marcus Sasser as I bring it Everyone into this episode of Let's Rage Cougs. Joining me, Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review, Dayon Dunlap, and Akib Ghazi. Thank you guys for joining. First and foremost, how and you how are you guys doing uh, this evening here on January 11th? Doing great, man. We could talk about another Cougs win. So let's have let's have fun. Yes, sir. And let's I mean let's start from the second half because that's when things started getting really exciting for. Just overall from the game perspective, but Marcus Sass in particular caught fire in the second half. He scored 25 of his 31, which in and of itself, that's the new career high in terms of points. First, Sasser, 31 points, a new career high. He was able to get in the closing seconds when USF started started following to extend the game. But Sasser, he really helped carry Houston towards the victory, lift Houston over USF in this victory. And, and let's start with Sasser because he had the big performance. We have a clip from head coach Kelvin Sampson talking about Sasser a little bit. So we'll go a little bit more into the detail about that. But what are your guys' overall thoughts? Chris, I'll go over to you first. Marcus Sasser, he stepped up big time in the second half. Cougs were down five. He had back-to-back three-pointers to put him on top. He came through. Second half, it was it was a guard show. Backcourt, Sasser. And shed for most of it, and then Jamal Mark as well. Uh, Sasser and Shed combined for like I think 38 of the team's 46 points in the second half. They did it with the backcourt tonight. Sometimes it'd be the front court. Tonight they did it with the backcourt. They found a way to win, and that's the bottom line. It comes a point in time where you need somebody to get a ball to to tell everybody to get out the way. I'm about to get a bucket. And he did that when the team needed it the most. In the post-game interview on TV, he said, it. I felt my team needed a shock. I, I just wanted to, to be aggressive and, and get us back in the game because we was in a drought. And that's what he did. And, and like, that's what you expect from your big-time players to step up in big-time situations. And he did that, led by example, and he always does it on both ends. Harris was getting off and said, nah, coach, I got him, and slowed him down a little bit. But um, as we continue to go on, uh, like I said, not after the last game, one way to beat Houston is to have a guard that can get you um, buckets and can score from three. I said that last game, and although they let um, Houston won this game, you just think back on it. When they played Wisconsin, Davis gave you a 30 ball. When they lost to Alabama, their top three guards scored in all double digits. When they lost to SMU, Quinn, uh, Kendrick Davis had 20-plus points, so – that's been Houston's Achilles heel going back to the Cincinnati days when they had um, the big guard, Cumberland. Uh, what's his name? Jared Cumberland. Cumberland, Cumberland. And so uh, guards that can get buckets like that and <clears throat> have also always plagued Houston. But their seven-footer was a difference. But Marcus Sasser, he stepped up and did what I expect him to do in these big-time situations. Yeah, I think it was about time that he had a – a game like this where he dropped 30. I mean, I know it was a career high for him, but it seems like any night he can drop 30 points. He's that type of player. So I'm glad it came in a game where it was, like, much needed. And and, and just like Kelvin Sampson said, like, this this conference is actually deep. It's just probably not as uh, consistent as other conferences is in terms of winning. But, you know, you still can't look down on a team like USF who, who remains um, – to not have not to not win a game just yet in conference, but they still played a hell of a game. And Tyler Harris, he's a fifth-year guard, so I mean that's that says it all about him. Like we've seen him play for the last five seasons now, and he could be that type of player. I think that's just you know what, this, I think it was a career high for him as well tonight. Who um, he also had 31 points, but we're glad that uh, Marcus Sasser was able to match that. 
On the topic of, of Sasser in particular, you know, the the, the big number that's going to stick out is those 31 points because it is a career high. But I think in particular, the way that, that he was able to, to really be effective and, and really he sparked that 8-0. Initially, it was an 8-0 run. Houston was down five. And I do want to give a shout out to Jamal Shedd because head coach Calvin Sampson did kind of uh, throw it. He uh, put him in the spotlight a little bit, Justin, when it comes to his defense. Chris, you were there. Akib, you were there just in terms of when it comes to Jamal Shedd. He said he has to get a little bit more mud in his blood again. He has to not exactly – he didn't use this word recalibrate, but kind of along those lines where uh, he needs to focus on the defensive side. Because you mentioned Tyler Harris. He said that, that Shedd struggled in guarding Tyler Harris. But I think Shedd, from an offensive perspective, we're going to hear this on a clip later that Marcus Sasser talked about, did – some pretty big shots, especially prior to Marcus Hester really catching fire that help Houston stay within striking distance. It's just only a five-point deficit until that initial 8-0 run that it then turned into a 20-4 run for Houston that, that gave them that 11-point lead once again toward the second half. And really, that, that was kind of the arm's length distance they were able to keep uh, South Florida in this, in this game. That was that was a Sasser 8-0 run to get turn Houston's five-point deficit to a three-point lead, and then the run expanded. But Coach Sampson, he did call out Jamal's defense. He said that Jamal's defense has taken a step back the last few games, and he needs Jamal to get back to being the bulldog defensively, get more mud in his blood. And his offense was going tonight. I think the last few games, Jamal has tried to be more, offense, more offensive-minded and that's not his calling card. His calling card, first and foremost, is defense. But tonight, his defense was not great. Tyler Harris lit him up. Coach Sanders put uh, Marcus Sasser on Tyler Harris to slow him down a little bit. That helped. And it helped Jamal's offense get going a little bit because Jamal got frustrated. He was getting banged on some some high screens weren't getting called. Refs weren't giving him calls. He got frustrated a little bit about that. Got off his game a little bit. But he came through in the second half and got buckets. They needed his offense. It's just a different game. His points were needed tonight because the front court was non-existent. I mean, Jamal Marcus a wing, but no Jarris Walker because Jarris is sick. Juan Roberts got in foul trouble early first half, early second half, and took himself out of the game a lot. And Reggie Cheney came through, and the Cougs went four guards. <laughs> so Reggie Cheney four guards. That's what happened. Yeah, that's what makes Jamal so good because – um, he's an elite playmaker, and he's an, an elite at breaking down the defense and getting downhill. And we, he's shown the ability to do that and score at an elite level when he's aggressive <clears throat> and not settling for jump shots. And that's what he did tonight. And I, I think um, Harris challenged him um, and, and brought a side out of him offensively and really just being aggressive, getting downhill, looking to score. Because he's such a playmaker, such a pass first point guard, normally breaks down the defense and looks to make a play for someone else. But I think he was hungry to make plays to score, and also defensively, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't agree with his defense. Like Coach Sampson saying it's slack the last couple of games, probably to his standard. But I think he's so aggressive on the defensive end and looks to pressure the um, opposing ball handler, and which that's what Houston defense wants out of him. It just Harris was so quick that he would try to pressure him and he would be able to create space, whether it's getting inside or creating space, getting off the screen to get to a step back three. And so that, that matchup with how they want Jamal to guard the on ball just just didn't work out tonight. If you notice how Marcus guarded him, he wasn't so much trying to pressure him to speed Harris up. It was just containing the basketball versus Jamal was really pressuring him, trying to make him play quickly. And he, he did a great job, to his credit, to make quick plays, decisive, step back and create for himself. And so it was just two different ways that the way they guarded him. But offensively, he really brought it tonight with being aggressive, getting downhill, looking to score. And um, I think he can't do that. I was just thinking about Last year against Villanova, he was trying to make those plays because he, he, in big moments, he, he he looks to step up. That's one thing I noticed. He's not shy. He doesn't shy away from those moments. When the game got close, he was looking to make those plays downhill to score. And um, just a great shine, signs of a leader, especially your leading point guard doing what the team needs for any given night. Yeah, I, I agree with Dayon about Shed. I, I, don't, I didn't see anything lacking on the defensive end. I think – 
him playing with some foul trouble definitely mm-hmm. ignited uh, uh, Harris to you know ha- have that thirty piece, um, and then also a combination of uh, Harris hitting some crazy shots, stuff that we're used to seeing someone like Marcus Sasser make, and who mm-hmm. actually made those type of shots tonight as opposed to you know all season long. So um, yeah, just to piggyback off of what Dayon said, I think it was I think Shed played fine, honestly. I, I disagree. I disagree. I also, also think that seven footer played a huge difference as well in when guarding a pick and roll because his dive is so effective when the defense was forced to react and forced to shift in which it opened up the floor space even more for Harris. And that was a huge difference. Uh, I think the team definitely missed Jarris and what he's bringing, but Jarris still couldn't can account for what that seven foot bring and what because Reggie tried his best to be physical and do it, but he still couldn't stop what he brought. Just his presence, the way he dominated the paint, and just it, it, it was more than what Harris did, different elements that led to him. Credit to him because he made some outstanding plays and outstanding shots, but it was a lot of different elements in that game to what opened up the floor for him um, tonight. I disagree with both of y'all. We're going to have fun t- on tonight's show. Jamal Shea can't get in early foul trouble. He's a, he has to learn how to rest on call games, okay? He's a physical defensive player. He took himself out of the game. He got hit a few times with elbows, high shots. Hey, we all saw that. He was frustrated. He cannot let that impact how he defends, okay? How many times in his career so far has Coach Sampson had to put Marcus Sasser on a guy Jamal Shedd's guarding? Tonight was one of those times. Jamal Shedd took himself defensively out of the game. He was trying to go back to Tyler Harris offensively in the first half, and it didn't work. Tyler Harris went tip for tap with, with, with Jamal Shedd. That's, that's, that's not Jamal Shedd's game. It came through because it needed his points. But defensively, Tyler Harris gave him the business. Tyler Harris gave him the business because he's used to Jamal Shedd. Tyler Harris is an old man. Been in this league five years. He knows how Jamal Shedd defends. It's another example of how guys who have played the Cougs before are used to it. Tyler Harris went tip or tap with the Cougs backcourt. Not many guards can do that. Tyler Harris, career high, 31 points, made some tough shots. No question, made some tough shots. Made a lot of free throws, too. USF had one of those games overall. From the line, from the three-point line, and from the floor. They shot above their head percentage-wise for this game. Numbers coming in this game, they were 30% from three as a team. They shot 50% from three tonight. Just one of those games. Take it, got the win, move on. They also hit their free throws. They were 21 of 27. Dayon, I'll let you guys respond on the other side of the break, but real quickly, you want to remind everybody that is watching that this is Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. The Saxonian family is the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Cougs for the remainder of the 2022-23 regular season and heading into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament so we want to give a huge thank you for the sex indian family for being the primary sponsor of let's rage cooks throughout the men's basketball regular season and also a thank you to our other sponsors beginning with hoop and holler houston who they put out uh, another commercial and hopefully for those of you that have not had a chance to see it you guys are going to get a chance to to look at it later on later in today's episode of let's rage cooks with starring ryan elvin which it, it was a pretty cool uh, commercial along with dejan Giroux that is promoting Star Pizza, which is another sponsor of today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs with multiple locations across the Houston area. Please be sure to, or not please be sure, make sure to make Star Pizza your go-to spot for pizza in the city of Houston because they have been Houston's best pizza since 1976. And also be sure to follow them on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also visit them online at starpizza.net and of course also a huge thank you to h-o-u-n-i-l h-o-u-n-i-l.com is a subscription-based name image and likeness model that benefits both cougar student athletes and fans h-o-u-n-i-l helps houston athletes benefit from the new name image and likeness rules rules athletes create original content in their own words giving subscribers insight into their lives on and off the court what the players need is for you to subscribe and plan start at just $20 a month. And that money goes to UH athletes. Subscribers will get one-of-a-kind content straight from the players while helping the Houston Cougars compete on a national stage. Subscribe at HOUNIL.com. 
again, that's starting for just 20 bucks a month. And as always, go Cougs. Dayon, or yeah, Dayon, I'll toss it over to you first. Any chance to, to respond to Chris in regards to Jamal Shedd and, and him struggling tonight? Especially, at the, that's a great point, Chris, especially towards the, the even the early portions of the second half when it came to Jamal Shedd and Tyler Harris, because the one that specifically sticks to my mind, Houston had a four point lead. Tyler Harris hit a three, and then I think it was Keyshawn. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his last name. Keyshawn Bryant, who hit a three, and that put USF up by two. And then Jamal Shedd comes down. He, someone from Houston hit a three. I'm pretty sure it was Jamal Shedd that got, went up 43-42. It was Jamal Shedd. Mm-hmm. And then Tyler Harris comes down the other end, and he hit a tough shot. And that's credit because Houston played good defense on him. And the first thing Tyler Harris did when he turned around to the student section, started talking, he let the student section know about it. But you kind of get that back and forth. Now, to Shed's credit, he was able to deliver more often than not tonight, especially during that stretch in the second half because he did keep Houston within striking distance. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Harris definitely – got the better of him when in their one-on-one matchup. I, mean, I don't want that to um, make it seem like he didn't because I feel like he did, and I watched the same game, and he definitely did. I, I just think that I'm not sure what Chris is referring to is what's not Jamal's game. Offensively, he's an offensive player, and he's an elite at getting downhill and even finishing, but he's just such a natural creator and a pass-first point guard and like Chris said, I do think um, with him kind of not being able to contain Harris, he was wanting to go back at Harris. And I, I also watching the game, I think that was a point of emphasis because he can't guard Jamal. He isn't physically strong enough to guard Jamal, especially getting downhill. And they wanted to put that seven-footer in and pick and roll and him, make him make a choice. And Jamal took a great advantage attacking even Harris and whomever was guarding him getting downhill. But overall, I mean, I, I just think the way that he guards and how he grabs for years, I think that was the way um, that kind of plagued him. And really, the shots that he was making is the same shots that Jelly Walker got, just didn't make. Same shots that um, the kid, Asmus. Uh, a lot of these guards that we played this, before, they get those shots, they just don't make them because they're tough step-back threes coming off of a screen. Step, those are tough shots. But so to crew, you got to give – Harris credit, he made these shots, but those are looks that you can live with. I mean, you you don't want to keep giving a kid who's hot, is noticeably hot, those looks because they're going down. But overall, I mean, those looks are, you can be like, okay, if that's gonna beat me tonight, then all right, I'm fine with that. Okay, about it, you have the final word before we toss it over to Kelvin Sampson, what he had to say following Houston's 83-77 victory over South Florida. Now, I'll agree with Chris about the fouls. He definitely committed some bad fouls that put him in that position. Um, I think, but I think given the four, the three or four fouls that he, that he ended up having, I thought he did a decent job defending. And it was just uh, Tyler Harris, you know, scoring or hitting just some ridiculous shots. Um, but I will, I will agree with you, Chris, on the fouls. Like he, he definitely does need to do a better job. Him, I see him as the leader of the team. Not Mar- Marcus Sasser is our best player, obviously, but. I see yeah. Jamal Shad as a leader of the team. He definitely delivered offensively. Um, I just see him as a game manager. Um uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Keep going, man. This is live. This is live show. Don't worry about this. They don't worry nah, about yeah. Keep going. But nah, he, uh, go ahead, Andy. No, what I, what I was just going to add in terms of the foul trouble that you had mentioned, Shed, one of those players, but even top to bottom, and someone that I'm sure we're going to touch on later on in the show, and that's Jawan Roberts. I'm, I'm looking down at the list just in terms of fouls. Jawan Roberts, he had four fouls. Shed had four, and then three other Cougars, Javier Francis, Emmanuel Sharp, and Reggie Chaney had three. And when I look at Emmanuel Sharp's name, the first foul that sticks into my head is when he fouled, I believe it was Keyshawn Bryant in the corner at the three-point line. And, and Kelvin Sampson was not happy about uh, that, something that I, think, I believe it was Josh Walker that did it earlier in the season. He touched freshman mistake is what he said when uh, Jarris did it earlier in the season. But on the topic of Kelvin Sampson, here's what he had to say post-game following Houston's 83-77 to victory over South Florida. Um, well, Marcus is 
game's been coming. It's, it's not, you know, these guys aren't machines. They're not going to just run out there and play great every night. It's like, um, you could hear the, you could almost feel the frustration of the crowd uh, when we were missing all those free throws. But Tremont is an 80% free throw shooter. Why did he miss those tonight? No idea. You'd have to ask him that. And even then, he couldn't answer it. He just missed them. You know, um, you know this this is um, it's been a tough stretch. I think it's our third game in uh, six days. Um, you know, we just we got so many guys out. Even Bowser had a death in his family, and he had to fly back home for a funeral. Jairus had a 103-degree temperature yesterday. Uh, so I knew yesterday he wasn't playing tonight. Um, who, else, uh, who else was out? Ramon? Ramon's out. Um, you might as well say Javon was out tonight, too. He didn't play. You know, so. Um, but, you know, we get Washington State and Arizona Saturday. You know, Oklahoma State is a whistle away from beating Kansas. At Allenville House two weeks ago, uh, 69-67. Um, these teams are good. Um, South Florida should be three and one. They're up thirteen in the second half at Memphis. They're fourteen the other night against Wichita State. I, I don't know what happened to them. But um, uh, as a very well coached team, they got old dudes. They don't have any freshmen over there that, that play. Uh, so maybe one, I think number was Cornwell Cumbers. Uh Miguel <clears throat> Senior, Hines Senior, Bryant fifth year, Chichua Senior, Harris fifth year, Chaplin fourth, fifth year. We got old dudes, they're all good players. You know. Um I was impressed with them. I told Brian after the game, um, he's he's done unbelievable unbelievable job with his team. They've been playing good. They just haven't been finishing games. Um, but um, they have a lot of good players, you know. But, but we got a little break here. Hopefully we can get some uh, bodies back, get, get healthy and um, heal the wounded and feed the sick and do all that, do all that stuff. And, um, Move on to the next one. I don't, you guys get you guys get paid to analyze these things and take the bark off the tree and and uh, say all that stuff that makes you look smart. But uh, uh, we got the next game to get. While you while you guys are analyzing this thing, I'm gonna get ready for the next game. If that's all right. First and foremost, there, I'd like to wish uh, the condolences um, to Darius Bowser, Sars Chris. Uh, I'm, I'm going to toss it over to you because you're, you're smiling. I'm curious what, what uh, from Calvin's comments got you chuckling. About us over analyzing the game, taking the bark off the tree and, and comments like that. We get paid. And, and hey, post game show, that's what we're doing, analyzing the game. So, you know, that's what Let's Rage Cougs is. That's what we're here for. And that's what the fans, Cook fans, want to discuss too. Absolutely. And real quickly, I did, I did, uh, Want to say start condolences to Darius Bowser and Loss and his family. Hopefully, uh, when some in a situation like that, obviously it's always tough. So sending best wishes to him, and you know whenever he's ready to join back the program, he's able to come back and 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 fit right in. But Chris, like you mentioned there, talked about Marcus Sasser, but I think that the number one priority, or the number one thing that that stood out from Samson's comments again, this is such a, a weird game in the topic of the team because of. The way it, they're, they're already shorthanded going into the game, especially uh, obviously the big headline was Jarris Walker, who's going to be out. He'd been dealing with an illness since before the Cincinnati game. It, it was a chance. You know, Calvin asked him if he if he wanted to go through during the Cincinnati game. He said yes. And after the game, you could tell that that you know something was he was dealing with a with a bug. We're not entirely too sure what specifically the illness is. Calvin said that yesterday on Tuesday. We're recording this on Wednesday night. So on Tuesday, Jarris Walker had a fever, like you heard in the clip, of 103, which is an absurd, absurd temperature to have under any circumstance. 
So hopefully he, he feels better soon. And then you add on, like I mentioned at the, before the clip, I went down the list top to bottom of the foul trouble that the team was in. And really, it's something that, that Calvin said during his postgame show as well, or not his postgame show, his postgame availability in regards to playing that four-guard lineup with Reggie Chaney in it. That's something that it was done out of necessity. It wasn't heading into the game, this, the game plan. He had to do it because, really, he had no other option. Exactly. You know, in the first half, JB got two fouls. Jawan got two fouls. Jamal got two fouls. Emmanuel Sharp got two fouls. So when you're already shorthanded and your front court is already shorthanded and you get guys getting foul trouble, he had to go to, to the four guards. It worked. Uh, USF got some offensive boards because they were bigger against that four-guard lineup. So we could pick at, you know, all these little things. USF shot the ball from the line, the three, and overall from the floor, best that they probably have all season. And Marcus Sasser still came through in the second half, and the Cougs still won the ball game. That's the takeaway from this game. USF played very well. Cougs did just enough to win the game to go to 5 0 conference play. Yeah, and um, to, like Coach Sampson said, Jaywan pretty much kind of took himself out of the game with the fouls that he had. He was in just in constant foul trouble all night and really could never get into a rhythm. He had a couple impactful plays with rotation strips and a couple rebounds, but other than that, he was pretty much a non-factor, really because of foul trouble. He only played like 18 minutes tonight. And so um, when you're already shorthanded, you get in foul trouble – it's going to be hard. I think Terrence came in and gave some impactful minutes or rebound. He did a great job of rebounding, especially on that baseline. Like he had three offensive rebounds that I can remember that stuck out to me. And so he got impactful minutes. And Manuel gave you some good minutes. Uh, I know Ramon is away from the team right now, but it made was wondering what he would have played tonight because his they needed someone physical. Like, and he I know he's a guard. But Terrence is a little bit more physical than Emmanuel, in my opinion, from what I've seen. And Terrence did a good job of kind of rebounding and on the double team, rotating and, and just doing what, what he could to impact the game. But uh, it was just a, a tough win. Houston battled adversity. That's one thing Marcus talked about in the post game was facing adversity in the game and overcoming it and getting the W. And that's what, that's what they did. I mean, him and Jamal, it was a stretch where they really just took over in that second half, and they helped propel their team to get the lead, then hold on to the lead and close out. And so it, it was it was good to see our guards play well. Also, Tremont, um, well, he, he also played well as well. Yeah, this team, uh, just going back off of the whole foul situation, this team is notorious um, and, and historically like known for – uh, committing a lot of fouls uh, over Kelvin Sampson's run. So it's not new that they're committing fouls. It's just they've done a good job this season as opposed to previous seasons on limiting the fouls. So that's why a team like the Houston Cougars, they need bodies, especially bigs, because, you know, everyone's cr crashing the glass, the offensive glass. I think there's a couple of times where we got called for the fouls because of, you know, push off the back or something. So it's – you know, it's very important to get some of the guys back. And also, this highlights how important Jairus Walker is to the team as a freshman. Although some games he's not much involved offensively, you could see what how, you know, how, how much impact he is on the defensive end and on the rebounding. And uh, definitely the Cougs, like, missed him, missed him today. Real quickly on the topic of fouls, like I mentioned with, with Houston, they had – Six players that had three or more fouls. South Florida had four players with three or more fouls. So this was a, a crew that they called it tight. It seemed like there was a whistle every every time, at least one position when they ran up and down the court. Now, before we we move on to Marcus Sasser and hear what he had to say post game, I do like to remind everybody that they are watching Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family, the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Cougs for the remainder of the men's basketball regular season as well as heading into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament. So a big thank you to the Saxonian family for being the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Cougs. And also we want to say thank you to H O U N I L 
As the Cougars move to the Big 12, Houston will be competing with national players in basketball like Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, and more. Those schools have fans that have built huge name, image, and likeness groups to get their athletes NIL compensation. That gives them a huge advantage over U of H, where NIL is still in its infancy, but you can help Cougar athletes by getting involved. Go to HOUNIL.com to subscribe for player-created content like essays, videos, podcasts, and get access to private events with U of H players. Players are compensated for creating content, and fans get an inside look at their lives and plans start at just $20 a month. And that money helps the Cougars retain players to stay atop in basketball and build momentum in football. H-O-U-N-I-L.com. Subscribers get one-of-a-kind content straight from Cougar athletes. Subscribe today for just $20 a month at H-O-U-N-I-L.com. And as always, go Cougs. This is January 11th of recording this, so we're officially into the 2023 year, meaning we're less than seven months. July 1st is the official day when Houston is officially part of the Big 12. So it's just ticking down, getting closer and closer and closer until that big day for Houston Cougars athletics, which will be big as well. And also, we do like to say we'd like to say thank you to Hoop and Holler, Houston, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective, and Star Pizza. And we'll talk, we'll hear from Marcus Sasser on the other side of this break. Tim, we told you two minutes. Can I just go home? Where you can go? Drive your end. Yes. Star Pizza, this is Ryan. Can I help you? I have a pickup order for DJ. Thank you, my man. Heard it's the best pizza in Houston. It's been the best pizza in Houston since 1976. Have a good night, sir. Oh, no. Hey, DJ, you're cooking. Hey, appreciate it, Ryan Alvin. So there you had it. We even had a bonus clip. We had a a highlight reel clip with Dejan Giroux, like I said, at the top of the show. Good commercial from the Houston Hoop and Holler, Houston Cougars Micro Collective, promoting Star Pizza and, of course, giving a name, image, and likeness compensation to Ryan Elvin. And I'm sure Dejan Giroux as well. It's always good to, to see Houston Cougars alums interacting in, in something cool like that. So, of course, big shout out to Star Pizza. And Hoop and Holler for being sponsors on today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. And without further ado, ado, here's what Houston Cougars guard Marcus Astor had to say following Houston's 83-77 win over South Florida. Seen the momentum that they had, and you know, when you got good teammates that really just trust you with the ball and feel like you can change the game, and I'll be able to really give you confidence. So that's what that's what I did. Really. I feel like that's another experience on um, part. You know, he. Went through the tournament last year, you know, without me and T. So, you know, um, he showed y'all he, he can score the ball when he has to. But, you know, he's a all-around guard, really. But it was just – it made the game a lot easier, you know. And he started being aggressive and scoring. And it really started getting the whole team going. Really. Coach, just in terms of uh, Javier Francis got his first uh, career start, what, what did you see from him in today's game against us? Uh, I he has some good moments tonight. You can tell he was rushing some things around the basket. You know, he's uh, JBA. He's actually got good touch. Uh, tonight he had a lot of balls dancing around the rim that didn't fall in, but they could have easily gone in. You know, it's like our free throws. We, you make your free throws, make your layups. Reggie missed a couple layups. JBA missed uh, um, a bunch of uh, point blank shots. Um, uh, but, you know, he's, he's, he's getting there. You know, I feel comfortable uh, starting him tonight. But that Chichua that should, that should kid is probably the most improved. We, there's three really improved players in our league. J1 Roberts, Lockin from uh, Cincinnati, and Chichua. Chichua is a good big man. He's a good player. He'll be, a, he'll, play, he'll be a professional basketball player for a long time somewhere. Once again, that was Houston Cougars head coach Kelvin Sampson. And, of course, at the top of it, Marcus Sasser. Now, when it comes to 
Sasser's comments and, and particularly he's talking about Jamal Shedd there towards the, the middle portions of it. Mm-hmm. Chris, I'll toss it over to you. What what stood out to you from, from comments Marcus? I think it was interesting when, when I asked him about that second half rally, kind of turned the attention away from himself and he, he put it on his teammates. Yeah, you know, Marcus is the, the leader of the team offensively. The, the guys lean on him to come through for them. When they need buckets, they, they want Marcus to deliver for them. And as as uh, J1, excuse me, as Dayon has said, my fault there, he wants Marcus to be the closer. Marcus has been the closer the last two games, getting things done. He's been All-American the last two games. And I think the last two games, I think he would say, have been A performances for him. I don't say A plus, but A more than C plus B minus that he gave himself prior to these last two games. That's a great sign for him and the team going forward. He said Friday, it's coming. Just give me time. It's coming. Well, he's delivered the last two games. So that's great to see. Jamal Shedd, his experience in the tournament has helped him this season. He wasn't going to, he was not expected last year to play as much as he did. But injuries to Jamal and Marcus inserted Jamal into that for a lot of minutes. So he developed and gained that experience. And now we're seeing that in spurts. Jamal's not shooting the ball well percentage wise this season. But he stepped up and got points, 20 points a night that were needed for the Cougs to get this win over a hot shooting South Florida team. Yeah, he did. And um, I'm glad Marcus said that because I was watching the game. I, I was thinking back to that Villanova game, like I just said, and how he was trying to step up and take his shots because the team wasn't making them. And he didn't make them, but his just willingness to take it. Just that experience helped him, I think, thrive tonight. And also in Alabama, everybody was struggling. He was the one who stepped up. And so Jamal is just such a good player. And um, he isn't shooting the ball consistently like I'm sure he feel like he can or should. But when he isn't settling for the jump shot and is attacking the defense, whether it's making plays or to score, I mean, like Marcus just said, it just opens up the floor. It makes everybody better. And um, I think as he continues to do that. But also, man, I was watching that game. Tremont is really, really developing his all-around game. I mean, like everything. It's so much little things that I can talk about, but I, I won't do it right now in this moment. But when the time comes and it really unleashes him and he shoots 15-plus shots per game, He's going to be special, man. That's just so much that I've seen in his game tonight from just him picking his spots and not a, not forcing shots, playing within the system, just doing different things that when, when it's his time to shine, man, he's going to really, really um, light it up. But, man, Marcus and Jamal, that's a, that's a dynamic duo. And this is probably the first game this season where they both really just went off. And so um, they're going to give a lot of people some problems for sure. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't seen more games where both of them, you know, are having games like they did today. Um, I think before the season started, they were anointed as the best backcourt in in America coming into this uh, uh, coming into the season by you know most most national pundits. So uh, it's it's just great seeing them you know gel gel in a game where we needed them to gel the most. Um, but hopefully we could see more of that consistency from both of them from. You know, for, especially from uh, Sasser, from an offensive standpoint, because de- his numbers are definitely declined um, for sure this se- this season. But I think it's just a matter of a lot of shots just like not falling. I think he's yeah, in rhythm. Yeah. He's he has his step back. It looks good. The shot looks good. Um, I didn't get to ask this question to Marcus, but I want to know if he felt something you know different tonight as opposed to you know how he's been feeling uh, in, during this season. Yeah, to that point, I think he told Chris that he just wants to be more efficient. And that's what it is. Just like you said, it's good shots, but it just isn't the efficiency that we're used to seeing from him. And also another quick point on JVA. Another thing that I saw from him tonight that I didn't know he had, which is that jump left hook. I mean, he's a right-handed player. And so for somebody who can make that left hook comfortable and natural, like, man, he has a bright future as well because the more we see him play – it seems like the more we figure out what he has to his game because he's just such a um, 
a player who under I want to say underdeveloped, just a unknown because we haven't seen much of him. This is the first season we're really fully getting to see him play, and so the more I see him, the more I see tools that he have in his toolbox. And um, you could tell tonight, um, the big fella for USF, his physicality was bothering him, but JVA knew that he could use his length to bother him. So he did a good job of that when the minutes that he did play. Real quickly before we we I want to focus a little bit more on on Javier Francis, but of course I'd like to remind everyone that this is Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Saxinian family, sponsored by multiple partners. On this episode, is sponsored by multiple partners, beginning with Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective, like we just saw a few minutes ago. There, the entity behind not only the Ryan Elvin commercial, which debuted this week, but also the DeAnthony Jones commercial. That if you've been with Let's Rage Cooks throughout the football season. Sure, you've been able to catch that at one point, obviously with Big Hawk as well, and they're all promoting Star Pizza, who is another sponsor of today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs with multiple locations across the Houston area. When you're in the mood for pizza, because it's not a question of if, it's a question of when, because everyone's in the mood for pizza. Make sure that you make it Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. Please be sure to visit them on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well as their online website where you can also order online to make the wait much shorter and simpler at starpizza.net. And another partner for today's episode of Let's Rage Coups also give a special thanks to hrunil.com, which is a subscription-based name, image, and likeness model that benefits both Cougar student-athletes and fans. HRUNIL helps Houston athletes benefit from the new Name, image, and likeness rules. Athletes can create original content in their own words, giving subscribers insight into their lives on and off the court. What the players need is for you to subscribe with plans starting at just $20 a month, and that money goes to U of H athletes. Subscribers will get one-of-a-kind content straight from the players while helping the Houston Cougars compete on a national stage. Once again, subscribe at hrunil.com with plans starting at just $20 a month. And as always, go Cougs. Chris, I'll, I'll go back to you, and, and we'll talk about Javier Francis specifically. But I think the, the play that stuck out to me, and Dayan, you had a, a great one that you pointed out, but it, to start the second half, he had a, a emphatic block that set up a transition three-pointer for Marcus Sasser. I, thought, I mean, I thought that right there, when that first happened, that could be a potential spark. Now, obviously, we knew South Florida stuck around, and they made a run of their own. But like Kelvin said, he did he did a lot of good things in his first collegiate career start for Houston. He had six points, six rebounds, three blocks, three steals in 21 minutes. That's pretty darn good for your first start going against a guy who probably outweighs him by 45 pounds. Okay, so the future is very bright for Javier Francis, and we're talking about all these offensive options for this team listen listen to what we're talking about here it's called 83 points no jairus walker juan roberts was a was a no-show because of foul trouble again talk about jamal mark's potential jb francis potential jamal shed getting buckets marcus has getting buckets we've seen emmanuel sharp get buckets that's folks this team did not play great defensively tonight up to their standards Mm-hmm. South Florida shot lights out, shot probably above their, their standards, but the Cougs still found a way to get this win. And that's one thing about college basketball and tournament. We all know it. It's one and done. That's my biggest concern of, about matchups in the tournament because the Cougs are, will be one of the favorites to win it all this year. But it's not a series. It's just one game, one matchup. Somebody get hot like Tyler Harris does. And that team may not be the better team, but for that one night, they would be better than the Cougars. Let's enjoy this ride, because I think it's going to be a long ride for this season with this team. Yeah, and unlike last year, I think this team gets a knock that people don't believe Houston is good offensively as they are. I don't know if it's because of last season or because of the emphasis on defense and rebounding. But this team is a really good offensive team, like consistently good offensive team with multiple weapons who can beat you on an offensive end on any given night. 
And so we know the defense and re well, I don't, I don't even want to mention rebounding because they haven't been the best rebounding team that we've seen in Houston. They rebounded well enough to the to good enough to win, but really just that defense and the effort of rebounding and get tips tip balls and all the different things like that. Man, there the way that anybody can score and Marcus is showing you how he can step up and be that closer, like I mentioned. I mean, this, this man, this team has a lot of room to grow. I don't even think this team has a ceiling. I just think that they they can be as good as as um as they want to be. And as long as they keep developing, keep trusting each other, keep moving the ball, and keep playing freely, they're gonna be hard to beat. I mean, yeah, as well as they've played like all season long. What are they, fifteen and one now, or sixteen and one? Um, uh, they still have like a lot of room to grow. Seventeen and one. Seventeen and one. I apologize. Yeah, I'm looking at old old stats right here. But yeah, as as good as they've been like all season long, they could get even better. And I still would like to see consistency on the offensive end. You, we've seen a couple of games now where um, they'll go on a good run, 10-0 run, 12-0 run, or what have you, and then the other team um, will go on go on. I know I know basketball is a game of runs, but if we can stop those. Other stop the other teams from having runs like that, you know, they'll be near impossible to beat. So, um, just definitely that offensive consistency. Sometimes they they go on droughts, like it's it's I mean, it's kind of known now they'll go like three, four, five minutes without a field goal, which is like as good as a team is, as Houston, as Houston is, and it, it, we shouldn't be seeing that consistently. Oh, I, 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 I disagree in, in this. So sense. I. I think we're overthinking. Yeah, because as you said, I can basketball is a game of runs. Yeah, but it's a game of runs because it's also a game of droughts. Mm-hmm. Teams go on runs because another team go has to drought. Mm-hmm. Kansas went on a drought last night against Oklahoma. They still find a way to win. It just happens. You know, you may take good shots. A lot mm-hmm. of teams, Coos get good shots. You're not going to make eighty percent of your shots. Okay, a hot shooting night for a team is 60 percent, but that's rare anybody so runs droughts it's, it's all part of basketball it's just a question of who has the longer droughts and who has the shortest droughts and then who makes the big shots and you make the big shots down the stretch and also and also over who wins that turnover battle who scores the ball off of those turnovers exactly mm-hmm. so yeah i agree with you 100 percent, chris and Looking at this game in particular, Houston won that points off turnover battle. Houston had the 13 to 6 edge in that category. They had 14 second chance points. They killed USF on fast break. They had 21 9 edge in that department. So, and then going back to something that, that head coach Calvin Sampson said during his availability today, but there's no such thing as an ugly win in, in Kelvin's eyes. A win's a win. So, they were able to figure out a way to win. That uh, he was asked what his his biggest takeaway was from this game. Something he had said earlier in the season. But Houston can find a way to win even when it doesn't have this fastball. And like, especially in particular in this game when they were shorthanded, and especially a key piece in in regards to Jarris Walker, who uh, obviously he's a starter, but of the the potential, like especially how he's been playing the past two games, it's something that really. Think about it. No Jarris Walker, no Jawan Roberts, and Houston still managed to put up 83 points. Now, one of the other players that we haven't really touched on a lot in this episode, uh, Dayon, you, you mentioned his name early, but Tremont Mark, and really he had a quiet 13. And again, every time I see something, there's always a player that I say has a quiet something, but again, going back to that consistency standpoint, that really makes this Houston team really, really good. They just have so many weapons, but he had 13 points on 4 of 10 shooting against South Florida in this game. And in particular, after that initial 24 run where Houston had, had gotten an 11-point lead, USF kind of looked like they, they were going to be able to put together another run. And one, Houston started to kind of drain the clock a little bit, but then they went to Tremont Mark, and he hit two. He had a signature pull-up jumper, and then he had another turnaround jumper that that, that right there just kind of maybe not necessarily the, the dagger, but it really helped Houston put that game away in the closing minutes towards the end of the second half. Tremont got fouled seven times. Okay, so his handles 
ability to get into the paint, draw fouls, is something that this team missed when he was out last year. That's another addition to this year's team. This team has so many different ways to score. But Jamal, one of his issues tonight was he missed free throws. He had one of those off nights from the foul line. Five for nine is not his typical night. But he hit those two clutch buckets to help seal the game down the stretch. Finding ways to win. Drawing up plays for, I mean, Coach Sampson laid into Jamal early in the first half because he took some bad shots. He didn't pass the ball, things like that. But he trusted him enough down the stretch. Jamal, I'm calling two plays for you. Go get buckets. He got buckets. <laughs> it's all part of the, the versatility that this team has. And he has some really impressive rebounding plays that one of them he didn't get the rebound, but he he got the effort to get the tip to an offensive rebound. I believe it was Jamal who got that tip and got the, uh, the put back. But offensively, man, just what he brings, especially when Jarris is out there and the, spa- the floor is spaced even more, he just opens up his ability to penetrate. And I actually mentioned that I wanted to see him get to the free throw line even more, and he's been doing that. And so I think as the game continues to slow down, he continues to find his niche, and he's being aggressive in spurs. It's like I, I can I see him wanting to um, – be overly aggressive, I should say, but then I see him kind of tell it back and get into the offense. There will be times where he'll take some shots that people may think is questionable, but like Coach Sampson says, like I might question the shot, but I don't question the player, which he was referring to Marcus when he said that, but I think that kind of goes for all his guards. But um, I, I just love his game. I think his playmaking is one of his best attributes. He's a really good playmaker. He gets a lot of hockey assists. And um, but defensively and his effort, his rebounding, I think is really, really what impacting this team the most right now. Um, and what he's doing, he's giving consistent effort, um, just to attack, whether it's just getting a tip pass or it's getting the rebound, it's just doing different things like that. His length and the activity they really need, along with his scoring. But to um, it, we need to see more consistent play where all three guards are playing well. I think they all play well tonight. But, like, um, we want to see it more on a consistent basis. And I think that's probably the next step. But I think they're figuring each other out. The chemistry is getting better and better. They know each other. They know when someone's feeling it. They know where the spots are. And so, I mean, it's only up. Okay, let me ask you and, you know, really everybody. um, Teams get up for playing Houston. Not not the number one ranked team. So, they're getting their best effort from every opponent so just what are your thoughts on playing teams like i mean coach sam said it in the post game he touched on it the other team the other head coach doesn't have to spend much time motivated his team you guys you're facing the most team in the country <laughs> go get them <laughs> that kind of thing what are your thoughts on that Aki? yeah i mean you could look at usf's i think on the bottom of the conference look how amazing they played tonight and actually I, I watched a couple of, the, of their games this season, and they've they've been very close to beating teams. They've had leads, so I'm not saying that they're they're a horrible team. But um, if someone looks at number one team in the country and they see Houston, you expect like 20 point blowout. But like you said, Chris, teams just they're gonna play their best game. They're gonna give their best shot at you. They have all the motivation because if anything, they, their season might not be going well, but then. They see, hey, we have number one Houston on our schedule. They probably put a big, big circle on it and say, this is a game where if we beat this Houston team, we can bounce back. And that's some. I guess USF probably had that mindset today coming in. But I just want to say, I feel like um, real quick, Houston, as good as they've been all season and they've been a number one team, I still feel like they have not gotten the recognition Um and like the national recognition at that. And I know, I know what Chris, Chris, what your opinion is. I know what Kelvin Sampson, he's going to say, you know, he doesn't care about that, that stuff as much, but I just feel like we're still Houston being number one team in the country. We're still somewhat under underrated right now. And I think a lot of it has to do with the conference right now and and the non-conference schedule. Uh, I think those are two key factors because you look at teams tonight, like TCU lost on a comeback win to Texas. And 
Baylor ranked. They lost a couple of games in a row down there unranked. And so I think it's more or less of no respect for the conference. Like Memphis lost in a double overtime to UCF and stuff like that. They, they just don't give the American um, much respect. I think a lot of it has to do with that. And also to your other point, I also believe that um, not only do teams get up for Houston, I think they won't admit it, but it, it could be a moral victory for playing Houston well. Like for South yeah. Florida tonight, they're going to walk away with a moral victory for playing as well as they did against Houston and try to carry over some of the good things they did against Houston throughout the rest, um, throughout the rest of their season. So I think that also is another factor in Houston getting really good games here in conference. And that's all that's going to be to their benefit because I, I, I'd rather them playing close, challenging games versus blowing everybody out. And then they're going to be like, look, I told you the American wasn't no good, no way. And so right. – yeah, I'd rather them be challenged and have to pull out close games. Whether they get the respect or not, I, that that would benefit them more going forward in the tournament. That's something that Coach Sampson mentioned or alluded to during his post-game availability today. And when it comes to respect for the conference, and in particular South Florida, this is a team that, yeah, they're 0-4 now in conference play, but they played their opponents really, really tough. They've been in a position to win – all of their games yeah, that they played, they lost, they lost by seven, six, and four twice. And they held leads in all of them. And, yeah. and judging from the way that they played Houston tonight, I, I can tell why. And, Dan, like you mentioned, you alluded to, it's not just going to be South Florida. It's going to be certainly for as long as, I mean, let's look at the facts right now. Houston is the only ranked team in the American. And, really, they're the only team in the American Athletic Conference that's even receiving votes. So, Add on that Houston's – this is the last year in the American Athletic Conference, so for a lot of these schools, in particular USF, yep. one of them, SMU, whenever they have to play at SMU, I know they, they got ran out the building last week when, when they played, but at SMU it's going to be a different challenge. Memphis. Wichita State. Memphis. Oh, <laughs> don't get me started on Memphis, of course. Those games, you don't you, – you can just count on it being a, a slugfest for 40 minutes and, and plus. Central Florida, I know they're going to the Big 12 with Houston, but that they came in here and they gave Houston as much as they could handle as well. So I agree. There is much more talent in the American Athletic Conference that doesn't necessarily get nationally recognized. And when you look at other perspectives, a look at Houston's schedule and potentially could affect them. I know it doesn't really matter, but it could affect them come the end of the regular season into the conference tournaments and could be the difference between Houston being a number one seed, number two seed. Now, if Houston just continues to win and take care of business, they'll put themselves in a position where maybe it doesn't affect them as much. Chris, it seems like you have a comment. You're going to say something. Oh, no, I, that, your point there about the conference goes back to all our points. Uh, but Dayon, Akib as well, it's just not a respect for the conference. You know, there are some people – the more Cougs win, I mean, if the Cougs go undefeated in conference play, well, see, I told you how tough is the conference then. I mean, how, the Cougs can't win for losing. If they lose a game in conference, well, maybe they're, they're not very good. If they're going undefeated, well, it's conference very tough. You know, so I just say it like this. Get through this conference, come Big 12, won't be an issue. <laughs> won't be an issue. You just handle business in the American Athletic Conference for these last – what do we got? Uh, 13 more regular season games, and then three more in the tournament, knock on wood, and then go to the NCAA tournament. And after that, let everybody else who's still left in the American do all those slings and arrows. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> the Cougs are finding ways to win, and that's the important thing going forward. They didn't play great. They did not have their A game today. Well, why would they? They were not one of their best players. But they still won. Just accept that fact and be happy about it. And I think next Tuesday's game is going to be tough. Road game. But this time off is also very needed and coming at the right time for the team. Real quickly, as we start to wind things down, of course, I'd like to remind everybody that this is Let's Reach Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. I want to say a huge thank you to all our sponsors for today's show, for today's episode of Let's Reach Cougs presented by the Saxonian family, Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective, H-O-U-N-I-L, and Star P. 
pizza. I'm going to go around the table. I'm going to go to you first. Final takeaways between Houston and South Florida. Anything looking ahead. Now, Houston's going to have six days off before they return to action on the road, like Chris said, at New Orleans against Tulane a week a week from yesterday, so Tuesday, January 17th, they return to action. Yeah, I just want to say, for the record, I thought today's win was, good. It was a good win. It was a win that they needed. Um, I still think we could be a little more consistent. That's not that's not a, any knock on uh, UH basketball team because they're the number one team in the country. And some might think like, oh well, what? How how much better can they play? They can still play better. They can. I mean, there's a whole lot of season left. Um, this teams are gonna bring their A game uh, no matter what. So I think definitely we could still play a little better. But to, they they played the game that they needed to play tonight to win it and I thought it was a great win like I'm not I'm not knocking the team at all um, for what they did today Dan your final takeaways and looking ahead I mean Houston just take took care of business without one of their best players missing it a couple of extra bodies but like Houston fashion they find a way to win and it's just great signs for Houston chemistry continues to develop Players all continue to develop, and Marcus is hitting his stride. And if he continue at this rate, he might bring home the Player of the Year awards if Houston can um, reach their ceiling as well. And so good win. All of guards played well. Jamal had a great offensive game. And so long as Houston keeps down, um, stacking up these wins, I'll be very proud. You can follow me on all social media platforms at Dayon Dunlap and looking forward to that game against Tulane. They play UCF before they play Houston. If they can take care of business against UCF, they'll have one conference loss heading to the matchup against Houston. And with the way that Harris played tonight, I'm sure Jalen Cook is going to be licking his chops to see if he can um, have just an effective game as Harris had against Houston in the guards. But I'm sure uh, Jamal and Marcus is going to be focusing on that defensive end and be well-rested because they're getting a good breakdown play against the next Tuesday. And I don't want to skip too lame, but we touched on this, I think, in a previous Let's Raid Cougs. I, I was watching the UCF Memphis doubleheader, double overtime thriller, and during that broadcast, man, they were already hyping up the matchup against Houston on the 25th. The number one team come, come to Orlando. Mm-hmm. But that game was on ESPN+. Plus. So both matchups between Houston and UCF will be on ESPN+. Plus. What's up with that? I mean, that, that sounds kind of like a slant. Both of them, that's like a Big 12, you know, little shade there. But that's okay. I digress on that. Find me on Twitter at ZHRReview, HoustonRoundBarReview.com, HoustonRoundBarReview on Instagram, as well as on YouTube, as you guys are watching the show here on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. The Cougs found a way to win. Great. Second half by Marcus Sasser, 25 of his career, high 31 points. Jamal Shea got 13 of his 20. Um, season high matching points for him. They found a way to win 83 points without Jairus Walker. Solid win, 83 points without Juan Roberts, honestly, because of foul trouble. Get the rest, get healthy. Hopefully, Jairus will uh, be well enough to play on Tuesday at Tulane. Onward and upward. That's what I'll say. Sorry, Chris, I jumped the gun on, on 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 that topic. But no, for sure, thank you guys, as always, for joining me and being able to be a part of Let's Rage Cougs throughout not only now, we're, we're past the halfway, well, I guess we can't count the tournament. We're past the halfway point when it comes to the regular season. So it's been successful even when we're factoring going back into the football games. As always, thank you guys for taking the time. And being able to hop on for Let's Rage Cougs. As always, my name is Andy Anas. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Aonis underscore five. Be sure if you want more UH coverage, because of course everyone wants, who wouldn't want more coverage of the number one team in the nation and North Houston Cougars? Be sure to check out my work at gallerysports.com in regards to the Houston Cougars. Specifically, like we mentioned earlier in the show, the Houston Cougars men's basketball team returns to action next Tuesday, January 17th in New Orleans against. Tulane, which, like Dayan mentioned, could be a interesting matchup and and could be a challenging matchup for the Cougars. And uh, within this next, will you be days, there, Andy? Honest, I will. I already have 
the travel stuff. So I will be live from New Orleans, streaming live. And I know that they have a little bit of music here inside of Fertitta Center, but it is nothing compared to with the University of Cincinnati. They had a whole cheer competition going on that past Sunday. So it's it, it good to be in. I don't know what they're doing inside of Fertitta Center where they're removing the court, but still much more quieter than it was in Cincinnati, allowing us to do let's reach Cougs as always once again the final score from inside the Fertitta Center the Houston Cougars now 17 and 1 on the season 5 and 0 against the American Athletic Conference opponents Houston comes out victorious 83 to 77 over South Florida who really threw just about everything at the Cougars they threw the kitchen sink and really they threw the whole kitchen wall at the Houston Cougars but were not able to come out victorious they fall to 7 and 10 they are now 0 and 4 against American Athletic Conference opponents like Chris said Marcus Hazard finishes with a career high 31 points for the Cougars Jamal Shedd also had 20 points in the win Tremon Mark had 13 points as well Dayon as always you get the final word sir so the one way to sign off. Thank you everyone for watching Let's Race Cougs. Go Cougs.